0: This episode of Changemaker Q&A is brought to you by Changemaker Co. Changemaker Collective is a catalyst for young people to live out the motto, tell the world how much you care without saying anything. From iron-on patches for changemakers to upcycle their existing clothes into statement pieces, sustainably and ethically sourced gifts and clothing for changemakers, and community craftivism projects, there's something for everyone. Using a redistributive social enterprise business model, 100% of the profits from Changemaker Co. funds the impact work of the Humanitarian Changemakers Network. Just head to changemakercollective.net for more.
1: COVID outbreaks continue, Afghanistan war reignites, and Paralympics records are broken. This is your News of Change bulletin. Victoria saw the highest percentage increase in COVID cases in the country, climbing 52% to 469 cases last week. Hospitalizations rose faster, peaking at 44 patients, a 63% rise, with ICU peaking at 13 and 9 on ventilators. The surge in cases was driven by new clusters in rural Victoria, now back in lockdown, but also by the young. Premier Daniel Andrews said Tuesday that under-20s accounted for 60% of COVID cases. That's a trend Victorians may reverse with the opening of Pfizer vaccines to under-40s on Wednesday. Demand was high, with 200,000 appointments made that day, and many struggling to access the booking website, including the Premier's daughter.
0: Uh, Grace got her uh, appointment around dinner time last night, after having been on and off the website from 6am yesterday. I would encourage people to to go back, to stick with it, Uh, it's worth the wait because it is our way out
1: of restrictions. New South Wales set daily COVID case records four times in the last week, recording 6,572 infections. Hospitalisations rose 46% to a weekly peak of 808 patients, with 126 of those in ICU and 54 on ventilators. The state's healthcare system is now at breaking point, with three Western Sydney hospitals turning away COVID patients. On Friday night, state ambulances had their second-ever Status 3 alert, with Commissioner Dominic Morgan warning of impacts on response times. It can have dire consequences. I have been advised this week that we had a 25-minute response to an 18-year-old cardiac arrest. This is devastating. Earlier in the week, State Health Minister Brad Hazard assured the public the system can cope. The health system is world-class. All the information that is given to me from the doctors and nurses and our public health staff is that yes, the system is coping. COVID-free, Queensland's hotel quarantine is at capacity after a surge on those moving from southern states. Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk said the state was being loved to death on Wednesday, with more than 5,000 travellers in hotel quarantine in the state's southeast. All active border passes have now been cancelled, with entry only allowed for those with limited exemptions. To expand quarantine capacity, Palaszczuk announced plans for a Toowoomba quarantine facility on Thursday. We need regional quarantine facilities. I have been advocating this for a long, long time. It is a no-brainer. But Prime Minister Scott Morrison criticised the announcement. She's been at liberty to do that for months. We've made it very clear that that
0: facility did not meet the national guidelines.
1: The Australian Capital Territory's COVID outbreak grew 15% last week to 129 cases, with 11 in hospital and three of those in ICU. Some restrictions are set to ease for retail businesses, now offering click and collect, with urgent waste disposal facilities also reopening. Federal parliament sittings also resumed last week with minimal MPs there in person, others connected online from their local electorate offices. The House of Representatives was busy, passing 10 bills including safeguards for NDIS participants and national security legislation last week, but for other workplaces normality is still out of reach with ACT Chief Minister Andrew Barr announcing a two-week lockdown extension. We are bending the curve down and are getting on top of the outbreak. However, it is a slow process and it will take more time. The Northern Territory held council elections over the weekend, with Alice Springs set to change leader for the first time in 13 years. Former Mayor Damian Ryan's move to federal politics led to an incredibly crowded ballot for the city, with 10 candidates contesting the election. But while the ballot was crowded, voting booths were not. Less than 60% of residents voted, compared to more than 70% in 2017. After days of counting, the race is still close, and a result may be weeks away. Elsewhere, there was good news for incumbents. Convats Carlos' campaign for a greener and cooler Darwin secured him a second term as Lord Mayor, while Palmerston Mayor Athena Pascoe Bell said it looks likely she will be re-elected. Results will be formally announced by the NT Electoral Commission on the 13th of September. The federal government has announced vaccine availability for 12 to 15-year-olds as Australia's vaccination program ramps up. This expands access to the general population from the 13th of September, after Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children and NDIS participants were given priority. On Friday, Education Minister Alan Tudge said the decision was important as schools look to reopen. It really provides that extra protection and peace of mind to, to kids, to parents and to teachers. Health Minister Greg Hunt said states may provide vaccines through schools. They will make uh, these vaccines available through both state vaccination clinics and where they
0: choose to run school-based programs.
1: Currently, Pfizer's is the only vaccine with TGA approval for this age group, but Moderna is also seeking approval for use of their vaccine in children. No announcement has been made about AstraZeneca. Ahead of a federal election next year, both major parties have passed reform, changing how long you have to vote and the candidates who can be on your ballot. The membership requirement for minor parties to register with the electoral commission has tripled from 500 to 1500 members. Once they do register, their name can't be too similar to an existing party. Bad news for the Democratic Labour Party and the new Liberals. These new changes were passed with broad support from both major parties, but opposed by crossbenchers. However, the Greens did support a shortening of pre-polling from 3 weeks to 12 days, citing the strain on party volunteers of longer periods. That comes after record pre-polling numbers in state elections last year amid the pandemic. The next federal election must be held by May next year. The United States Supreme Court has voted 6-3 along party lines to strike down the country's eviction moratorium. The moratorium was originally introduced by the Trump administration last March and expired at the end of January after several extensions by the Center for Disease Control and Congress. The CDC then began unilaterally extending the moratorium. Last month's most recent extension, made without congressional support, is what the Supreme Court has ruled against. In the Court's eight-page ruling last week, they wrote they would have found against the moratorium sooner had it extended past July. They also described the section of the Public Health Service Act the CDC relied on as a wafer-thin reed on which to rest such sweeping power. Goldman Sachs estimates 750,000 households will now face eviction by the end of the year. Food shortages have continued in the United Kingdom, as many companies face supply chain issues, with Nando's running out of peri-peri chicken and McDonald's running out of milkshakes. Last week, the Confederation of British Industry told The Guardian that stock levels in the country were at their lowest levels since 1983. The crisis stems in part from the pandemic, but also from Brexit. That's because 14,000 EU national truck drivers left the country in the year to June 2020, with only 600 returning in the following year. The British government has said citizens repeatedly voted to end free movement, and employers should invest in our domestic workforce instead of relying on labour from abroad. To that end, the government has increased funding for local apprentices so that more UK drivers can be trained. The Taliban's rule in Afghanistan began with them calling on women to join the new government, but terror attacks and drone strikes signal little has changed. In a press conference from Kabul the week before last, the Taliban said independence is the right of every nation. They also committed to the rights of women within the framework of Sharia. However, violence continued in the country as the U.S. and allied nations withdrew. On Friday, 170 people at Kabul airport were killed in a suicide bombing by a member of ISIS-K. Prime Minister Scott Morrison said the attack was evil and inhuman.
0: We join with our American and and Afghan friends in mourning their terrible and awful loss, like so many other losses that have gone before
1: them. The US responded to the attacks by resuming drone strikes, taking out a vehicle carrying explosives as well as a number of children. The Paralympics began on Tuesday with a 600% boost in Australians tuning in to the opening ceremony compared to previous games. This was likely boosted by lockdowns and a friendlier time zone, but the performance of Australia's Paralympians has also been record breaking. Australians have won 44 medals at the Games so far, our best ever tally, with strong performance in swimming, cycling and athletics, but with increased attention comes increased scrutiny. With many learning, Australia's Paralympians aren't entitled to the medal bonuses that their Olympian counterparts receive. Olympic gold medalist Chloe Dalton has set up a fundraising page, with proceeds to be evenly split among Australia's Paralympic medal winners. Paralympics Australia says they are striving for a longer-term solution, but lack key funding. We just don't have this funding available from grants or sponsorship, said Chief Executive Lynn Anderson. I'm Lachlan Patrick for the Humanitarian Changemakers Network. This has been your News of changeables.
0: I'm someone who loves learning and I'm always looking for opportunities to grow my knowledge and skills. And that's why I swear by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community where you can explore thousands of classes in design, photography, business, and so much more. Since joining Skillshare, I've taken classes in things like watercolor art, design thinking, art journaling, storytelling through video, art activism, podcasting, and I even use Skillshare to learn Spanish. If you're new to Skillshare, you can get started with a free trial to get unlimited access to the entire catalog with a premium membership. Just head to humanitarianchangemakers.net forward slash Skillshare for a free trial. And if you're already a Skillshare member, make sure to take our Social Change 101 class.